Well, if you came in as we were worshiping, Merry Christmas. So glad that you guys are here. So glad that you're here to worship and celebrate the birth of our King together. It's such a good time. This is the, uh, the conclusion of the season of Advent uh, tonight and tomorrow. Uh, Advent is uh, the season where we prepare our hearts in anticipation for His coming. In fact, Advent comes from the word Adventus, which means arrival. And so uh, we have candles up here. Each week of the five-week season of Advent, we reflected on a different, um, uh, a different part of Jesus' coming, a different implication, if you will. We started with hope and how we could have hope in Him. And then we went to peace, and we talked about the peace that we can have because of Christ. We talked about joy, and last week we talked about love. And then this weekend is uh, the Christ candle. It's His arrival that we are uh, anticipating, and we are so eagerly excited about. So that, those are the candles there. Uh, they are significant. They do remind us of those elements of Jesus' birth, of His coming. I don't know about you, but I just, I just feel something right now. I just have a little lump in my throat. So it's, uh, wow, it's so good. It's so good. Many of you are familiar with the story of Little Orphan Annie. How many are familiar with that? Just raise your hand if you don't mind. So that story has intrigued generations of readers for almost a century. Of course, it's the story of a 10-year-old orphan with crazy curly red hair, and a personality to match. She is loved and cared for by Daddy Warbucks, a wealthy benefactor who has come to treasure her, to treasure Annie. She's clever and feisty, if you've seen or read the story. Annie triumphs over all manners of trouble with quick thinking and the loving support of her caregiver. Before living in her father's house, Annie is alone, abused and fighting for her life. But the day comes when she's to live with her daddy, and that is her salvation. She finds renewed courage, faith, and strength to face every challenge before her. And you may be wondering what Orphan Annie has to do with us today and this weekend and tonight. For many of us, we could identify with some of the feelings of being an orphan, waking up with feelings of loneliness, even though surrounded by people is a common experience. I don't know if you've ever felt that, being in a crowded room and yet feeling as though you're the only one there. It's a common feeling, but it's one that doesn't often get talked about. But I know that all of us, at some point in our lives, and maybe you would identify with this now, could say that you felt misunderstood possibly left behind or abandoned, or in our very worst moment, unlovable. It's in those moments of isolation that we can feel like Annie, and in what has been described as having an orphan spirit. We internalize and we personalize those moments and believe that we're all alone, that somehow we are orphans. And there's something that actually happened in the uh, in the fall of mankind, after creation, after God had created Adam and Eve. And in that fall, in that moment when they rejected God's teaching and when they re rejected God's command, in that moment, there was a separation that they experienced from God. They had never experienced that before. 
There was a separation. And, and the Bible says that God actually went to look for them and He sought them out. And He called out three words that echo through our hearts and our souls today. And those three words are, where are you? And it was in that moment that the enemy was given authority to insert this orphan spirit, this isolation, this separation from our loving Father. Now, if that were it, that would be a pretty sad story. But tonight we're here because there's more to the story. Amen? There's more to the story. This is where the good news, that is the realized birth of Jesus, intersects our lives. You see, the Bible is clear that anyone who loves Jesus has good news to rely on. John 14. You don't have to uh, turn there, but you could jot it down. In John 14, Jesus talks to his disciples about the fact that he's going to leave them. Now, he's spent time with them. He's, they, they've been through thick and thin together. They've been through difficult circumstances together. They've been in the, the highest of highs and the, the lowest of lows. And as Jesus tells them that he's going to leave, a sadness falls over them. There's a literal sadness that falls over them, and it, and it ties directly back to that orphan spirit that they, um, that they could feel, that they, they might not have been able to identify, but that's what they were feeling, that they were going to be left once again, that they had found life, they had found hope, and everything that they had wanted in Jesus, and yet he was going to leave them. And Jesus, in that moment, promises, I'm not going to leave you, I'm, send, I'm going to leave you, but... As I leave you, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you, so you're not going to be alone. And it's, a, it's an amazing promise. And then he says this in John 14, 23. Jesus says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Let me read that again. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. That's powerful. That is amazing. And it breaks the back of the orphan spirit. It breaks the power of of the orphan spirit. It breaks the power of the fear of isolation. It breaks the power of the fear of abandonment. Because in Jesus, we will never be alone. I love the fact that Jesus promises that if you, as you love me and you follow my teachings, my Father loves you and we'll make our home with you. We will come and we'll make our home with you. As long as we live in His love by obeying His teaching, He promises that our home is with him. The word here for home carries the meaning to dwell with, to abide with, to take up resident with. The idea of coming home, and that's been the whole title of this series, The Heart Has Found a Home. The idea of coming home, being at home with the Father is the central metaphor that John uses in his gospel as he works to convince us that finding our place in the Father's love is the healing balm for all our ills. I'll be home for Christmas. You have a home. 
You have a home in him. You have a home. You see, like Annie, we're scrappers in this world. We're scrappers in this world, fighting for our lives as we seek to gain our identity through what we do, who we know, and how many people like us. I fall to that one quite often. But in the Father's house, I want you to hear this tonight. But in the Father's house, there is no need to perform for love. There's no need to show for a show to prove that we're worthy of His acceptance. In the Father's house, love is driven by the lover's heart, not the beloved's actions. Let me say that again. In the Father's house, love is driven by the lover's heart, God's heart for us. Not the beloved, you and I, not our actions. The inner affirmation that the Word in John chapter 1, verse 1, the Word made flesh dwells with us can overpower our most intractable fears. The Word is with us. The Word dwells in us. Grace and forgiveness are the food that we eat in our Father's house. Grace and forgiveness are the food that we eat in our Father's house. On a silent night a millennia ago, God gave us the gift of Jesus. Born in humble surroundings, a world away. To prove that love can invade the most loveless parts of the human heart. He demonstrated that by sending us the gift of His Son, Jesus. This Christmas Eve, you no longer need to live from an orphan spirit in any part of your life. In any part of your life. His coming breaks the power of that, breaks the back of that. And as we identify that and as we confess that, love, perfect love, drives out any fear. Your long wandering of self-sufficiency has spent itself. And your true home is alight and bright with the hearth of fire of the Father's love for you. Tonight is your homecoming. Make it count. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for every heart in this house. Thank you for your promise to come and make your home with us. Our only response is, is one of awe and wonder. Quickly turns to praise. And we say we love you. We thank you for the gift of your son. that demonstrates your perfect love for us. And if there's anyone here this morning, or this, this evening, that feels that orphan spirit, that feels that isolation, that feels that rejection, or abandonment, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit come and break the power of that now in Jesus' name. As we remember your promise to make a home with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.